Hello, uh, I'm back, um, and uh, this I'm going to put some serious music under this if I remember or can be bothered to. I probably won't. So just just close your eyes, imagine sad, serious, poignant music, uh, just slowly dripping into your ears, like someone's overfilled a bath on the floor above and the water is slowly destroying the paintwork and you're fast asleep on your side and as the water slowly hits you in the face like some kind of World War II era torture that probably happened somewhere hot in a cage made of bamboo the slow music makes you feel emotions. Uh, sad emotions, but emotions that you know are important. Yeah, set the scene. Uh, so, uh, some really good news and some really bad news. Uh, good news for me, I quit my job last week. Uh, which means that uh, I have got five days left starting today. Uh, which is good news for me, uh, because I will be working from home as a freelance editor remotely for clients across the globe. Um, I won't be a voiceover artist. That's kind of, that's my voiceover voice. That's the best I can do. And uh, I don't think anyone would be willing to pay for a service like that. Unless they would be an ironic. Uh, in which case, hire me for ironically bad voiceover work. Um, so that, that's, that's the good news for me. The bad news for you is that I will no longer be commuting. I will be at home. So my commute will involve uh, no more than 10 steps, which uh, would be quite a challenge to record a voiceover of such good quality, uh, such high quality even. I can't even talk, sorry. Um, I'm, I'm really rusty. I haven't done this for so long that my um, I'm just really rusty. You know, we've got to appoint with this podcast uh, you know, despite making no effort, where I was becoming very polished, very with it. Uh, you know, I, I was I was on my A game, and then I stepped away because I had stuff going on in my life, and this was not a priority for me. Uh, it never was a priority, even when I didn't have stuff going on in my life. But um, it was less in my mind, and then less of a thing. So yeah, uh, so I probably won't do this podcast after this week. That's what I was getting to. So this will be a bumper week. You'll get five podcasts, one each morning to celebrate that my last Monday, my last Tuesday, my last Wednesday, my last Thursday, and don't forget my last Friday. That's as long as I don't mess it up this week before then and they just ask me to leave early, Uh, in which case would destroy my plan to steal 50 pens a day um, so that I don't need pens for a long time. Uh, but hopefully I'll be there today, so I'll at least come away with 50 pens. Uh, if, you, uh, if you're interested in what I'm up to next, I'm starting a website called pensforyou.com, where you can buy uh, 10 pens for $20. Um, they're mainly blue. I think there's one or two black ones as well, but largely just blue pens uh, for writing. Uh, you can use them for other things, uh, like, I don't know, throwing them at your enemy 
Uh, you can draw on your enemy. That's still writing. Well, you could either... So, basically, you can just write with them or throw them at your enemy. Um, and I wouldn't think that, you know, throwing a pen at your enemy is, is great because uh, it lets them know that you hate them. Uh, it probably won't hurt them, but it sends them the right message. Psychologically, it could scar them. Uh, nobody wants to be the, uh, the victim of a vicious pen throwing. Um, and the police probably won't take action. I don't think that that's a serious enough uh, thing to take you to court. Is that in the public interest? to uh, charge someone and spend court money on a judge uh, assessing whether a pen harmlessly bouncing off somebody's shoulder uh, counts as a crime. So there you go, pens. Um, so yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm sorry if you're probably in a state of shock right now. Um, you're probably crying. But I genuinely believe that Sometimes, if you're working on something good, and it feels good, then it's good to step out on a high. Uh, like Ricky Gervais tried to do with the British version of The Office, where he only made two series in a Christmas special, and was like, this is it, it's good, I, I, I've done something great in comedy, I'm going to walk away and never touch it again. And then he tried to do other things, and they weren't quite as successful, and then he came back to it again, and did like a feature film or something, I'm not even bothered watching with some of the characters. And uh, I don't want to. I don't want to be Ricky Gervais. I know there's lots of people who would like to be Ricky Gervais, uh, but I, I don't. I quite like being me. And uh, if I'm not going to be commuting, then I mean I, I can have the kids most of the time in the day. So uh, the thought of trying to record this with them in the back, shouting, uh, screaming, fighting each other. Um, was is just just too much. It's gonna be, it's gonna be too much to uh, to really kind of uh, have anything meaningful. It could be quite funny, um, but it could also be quite annoying. Uh, if, I, if the first two minutes, I think, would be funny, um, and then you would realise then after a while that you don't want to listen anymore because uh, it would just be me telling them off. Uh, they, they've got great personalities, and I wouldn't not saying that they couldn't feature in a podcast, but I don't think they understand the concept of podcasting and recording at the, the, the age that they are now. So um, it's probably best to just walk away, leave it. But if you've enjoyed this, then I might start some other projects. If I do, I will come back on here and I'll announce it so that you can find where that'll be happening. Um, and uh, if you're angry at me for doing this, then send me like a voice message or whatever you do through Anchor uh, and tell me that you're ang angry at me and I will play that tomorrow or sometime later um, because, you know, you, you need to vent. You need to vent. You're about to lose an important uh, part of your life, which was this podcast. Um, I know that, it, you know, that there's so many things you can do with that gaping void of a hole that uh, feels like right now can't be replaced by this um, but trust me you can find something you can learn to whittle wood and craft tiny wooden figures that you can sell on the side of a road um, you can uh, start I don't know taking illicit drugs uh, that, that can that can sometimes fill a void um, you could 
don't take drugs. Uh, that was a joke. Uh, don't. If you've got a, a list, if you've got a void in your life, maybe maybe get therapy. It may, maybe go to find a therapist. Go to a therapist today. Uh, explain to them that your favourite podcast is only got five episodes left. Uh, if if I remember this week to post, maybe I'll do more. Maybe I'll do less. Um, I don't know. Uh, but fundamentally, don't take drugs. Uh, other things that you can do to fill this void. Um, that's where I'm taking this next sentence. Um, drive your car around until you run out of uh, petrol slash gasoline, depending on what you prefer to call it and which side of the Atlantic you're on. Um, and then a stranger will pull over and help you, uh, and you can make a new friend. Um, why not uh, take up a new hobby, like get tattooed? If you go to a tattoo parlour and they've got a trainee and you say, Hey, um, I just want some tattoos so you can practice on me if you want. They will. They will practice on you. A lot of tattoo artists, their legs, they practice on their legs when they're starting out. So, you know, a lot of the time they have really bad tattoos that slowly get better as you go further down their legs so save their legs just go and be just go and be someone's exercise book in tattoo university uh, or TU as they put on the shirts uh, that's important to uh, to consider um, you could have some great tattoos a friend of mine his friend was a tattoo par- uh, ta- his friend wasn't a tattoo parlor it wasn't one of those, that, that one who married the Eiffel Tower and would gyrate against it. Um, he wasn't friends with the building. Uh, I meant to say tattoo artist. I just wanted to clarify that. Um, so his friend wanted to do a zombie tattoo and nobody had been willing to uh, have a giant zombie tattooed on them. Heaven knows why. Uh, why wouldn't you want a, a decomposing ghoul tattooed on your body permanently that would scare children and uh, potential employers? Uh, so he said, oh, I'll just do it. And he's got a big zombie on his leg uh, for the rest of his life, uh, and it's okay. Uh, and when I say okay, I'm talking purely on a technical level. I mean, it looks like a zombie. Uh, is it the kind of zombie you want tattooed on you forever? Maybe not. But it does look, uh, at least have a, a strong passing resemblance of a zombie. Uh, and that's his life. You know, he can do do, do that with his life if he wants. Uh, I'm not going to judge him harshly. That, that's his life. Um, and uh, now he's known as Zombie Leg forever. Uh, I haven't spoken to him for a while. I should get in contact with him. Um, good friend from college, old Zombie Leg. Um... Other things you can do to fill the void. Well, don't do anything illegal. You know, um, don't do anything that would convict you of terrorism. Um, this is see, this is me trying to be moral and sensible, and it's really hard to think of things that uh, allow you to do that. Um, so don't commit a crime. Don't perform acts of terrorism. Um, don't 
uh, be emotionally and physically abusive to others. Um, those are things you shouldn't do to fill this void. I know right now you're thinking that you want to do all of those, hopefully in one major incident, but you shouldn't. Um, I'm the voice of reason, so don't do any of those things. Instead, go, go and get tattooed by uh, an apprentice tattooist. Uh, let them draw on you, let them doodle, uh, let the pain out that way. Um, I found, I've, I've got a big tattoo on my back that most people don't know about it um, because it's on my back and um, I usually wear some form of top even in the summer. Um, I don't, I, I know you see people driving their cars with like men mainly. Um, I've never seen a topless woman driving a car. Um, but men in the summer they just wear shorts and some flip flops or something. Sometimes just shorts and they're barefoot. And they're just topless driving a car. Now to me, that's so uncomfortable. You've got a seatbelt rubbing your chest that you never even really notice is there because you have a layer of clothes. And then if you've got leather seats, you're gonna sweat and stick to your seats. And I've never understood how people can do that. I feel like if you're sat there driving a car without a top on and you're like, hey, I'm so cool, I didn't even, I didn't even remember to put a top on. But then you sit in there and you go, God, next time I'm going to have to wear a top. So my conclusion is those people are really making an effort to drive a car without a top on because they're going, oh, this is freaking horrible. Oh, it's so disgusting. Oh, I feel so uncomfortable. The seatbelt's rubbing my chest here and my nipples. The, 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 the back of my seat is soaking wet because the, the, the small of my back has just created this kind of small atmosphere of sweat and, and body odour. Uh, but I look cool, so I'm going to endure it for three months. Uh, so I think that when people don't be fooled by people who casually think they're driving cars with their tops on because it's the summer, they, they don't fool anyone. They don't fool me. They they make making a real effort to be topless while they drive uh, at the cost of discomfort and uh, not really enjoying what they're doing. Just just a. It's just a, uh, it's just a con. Uh, they're liars. It's deceitful. Uh, they're not cool. They're not too laid back to wear a t-shirt. They're really going out of their way to put on a performance for themselves and for you. Uh, so don't trust them. They've probably done some terrible things in their lives, and uh, it's not worth trusting them at all with anything, with money, family members. Uh, I wouldn't if. When, when next time you interview someone for a job, for your organisation, ask them that question. Paint a picture, say it, it's a hot day, you know, you've got your shorts on, you need to drive down the road to pick up some milk, um, or whatever, uh, maybe a, a Solero, which is a British lolly, like ice lolly, um, I don't know if they have them anywhere else. Um, on, uh, i tell you what, North American version, you're going up to pick up a dilly bar. So you need to go on the road to pick up a dilly bar. Um, which British people will find hilarious, and I love saying dilly bar. Um, and you can't find a t-shirt. This is a terrible job interview, by the way. And you can't find a t-shirt, so what do you do? Just jump in the car? Just go, hey, it's the summer, I'm cool. I don't need to wear a t-shirt while I drive. I'm going to go into a shop, topless, so everyone can see my midriff and belly button and my nipples. Or do you go, I don't want 
strangers in a shop to see my nipples or my belly button, I'm going to go and get some form of t-shirt or jumper to cover up my exposed naked upper torso uh, and also to have a comfortable car journey, no matter if it's five minutes or 10 or 15. I don't want a seatbelt chafing my nips uh, like nobody's business. Think about that. Now give me your answer and whatever their answer is, that's all you need to know about them. If they, if they choose to go topless, they're, they're a deceitful shit. Um, if not, you know, they're a decent person who uh, abides by the rule of law. Um, it's one of those little secret questions you can ask in an interview. Uh, I'm, I don't work in HR, you might be able to tell. Uh, but if I did, that would be my go-to advice. I would do a seminar at some kind of HR conference in Orlando, in like a Disney conference center, uh, where I would, that would be my talk. The big question, the one question you need to ask to hire quality people, and then over an hour, uh, over an hour with a PowerPoint presentation, maybe some video content to enrich the experience, I would slowly reveal this technique uh, about the, uh, the, the, the t-shirt. Obviously, it, it works with men mainly, so, uh, but, you know, I was going to say that's my specialism. I'm a specialist in men. What I meant was I am a man, so um, I can speak from that perspective. I don't know what the female equivalent is. Let me know. What's the female equivalent of driving topless? I know I'm aware you could do that, but um, actually just do it. Why can't you? Um, I know you might get arrested because, uh, well, for obvious reasons, I don't need to describe, but um, can you? Uh, let's, I was gonna say let's have a debate, but it, it involves t thinking and talking and then thinking about what other people say and then talking back based on that as a response. That's basically what debating is. Sharing ideas and talking about them, and that is a lot of effort. So um, I'm just gonna waffle for five days. Uh, we're not gonna have a debate, but I'm sure that there's a female equivalent. It's just beyond me because my prism of how I see the world is uh, as, as a man. And um, uh, I don't know how many tangents that was uh, from me announcing that this is the last week of podcasting on this to the point where I talk about I can only understand topless driving from the perspective of a man but somehow we did it and we did it together and this is the the uh, end of the first of the last uh, podcasts have a great day there's nearly 19 minutes of content so and you're not paying any for anything so this has been really good for you and therapeutic for me so thank you very much um this is the end of the monday podcast um have a good monday if you're listening to it on tuesday have a good tuesday etc uh, i'm not going to do all seven you can work it out <laughs>